This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Bear is chewing on your head. A conspiracy theory I can believe in. Jenkins, what happened to my 300 million umbrellas? The 1990 All-Star Game at Wrigley Field. And Rick's brush with Bob Feldman? Who is Bob Feldman? Only one way to find out. You gotta listen to this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Welcome to another episode of Minutia Man with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. And uh, boy, this has been a fun day so far, hasn't it, Dave? <laughs> we are taping episode fifty-seven, but let's call this episode fifty-seven C right now. Okay. Uh, so the first time we taped it, which was just what about a half hour ago or twenty five minutes ago, we were rolling. I mean, we were we were Abbott and Costello. We were you know, Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Oh yeah, absolutely. We were, we were, we were Garfield, just, Goose, and Fraser Thomas. We were just killing it <laughs> for like seven minutes, and then Rick says, uh, uh, I, uh, "I realized uh, I forgot to press the record button." Yeah. So are like, all right, well, but you, you know, know in what? fairness to me, our regular conversations are exactly the same as our show. <laughs> That's so, exactly. you know, the so only how thing, do you know? The right. only thing different is I press buttons with that have like audio clips. That is the only difference right. between our regular conversations and the show. Right. So the second time we 57 <laughs> B we're rolling again, and this may not have been Africa and Costello, but it was. A good Seinfeld episode, don't you think, B? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's say it was. It was not like. Uh, it wasn't like 1970s Donnie and Marie. It was, no. you know, a little step up from that. Right, right. It was. It was the Hudson Brothers. It was. Basically. It was the Hudson uh, Brothers. And then the handyman we've, we're putting in. I would have done this, Rick. I would have put the ceiling fan in Lila's room, but uh-huh. you know, I don't have time. I had to do the podcast. Sure. Of course. Uh, so the handyman comes down here with a ladder. And made too much noise, and I couldn't. I couldn't overcome it. So did did, uh, did you show him where where Michelle keeps her tools? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he knows. He's been. He's he, he comes a lot here because. Uh, well, oh, really? Why? I, I mean, you're living yeah. there. You're a man. I, yeah, yeah. Schneider comes here all the time, and he knows exactly where. Where? See, I never where, have a handyman coming here, so. Because you have Bridget. Bridget. Whatever. It doesn't matter the reason. (laughs) Could Bridget put a ceiling fan in? Oh, yeah, she did. She put in one right here in our our dining room. I'm sitting under one right now Uh, that Bridget put in. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, actually. I could have done it, but, you know, it really makes the little woman feel like she's helping more around the house. Yeah. Um, Right, because you do. Well, it's your gout. And your elephant tight is you. You can't stand on a ladder for it that really kind of period. It really is a disability, right? Uh, all, right. all right. Well, let's. Maybe we should continue with this episode before some other a horrible thing happens. Okay. Uh, I, I believe uh, we have gotta, some actual minutia to share with the people today. Yeah. Do we have a jingle or something you can pop in now or no? Um. Sure. Uh, is there some theme to this? Uh, you want some? Just a. A no, old, just huh? gen- just a generic Medusa Med one. We okay. got one of them. All right, I got one for you here. Ready? Oh, 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 
Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Another one? <laughs> That's my favorite one. That's the one about you finding stories about Nazis. Is this about Nazis? <laughs> No, no, but that's okay. All right. Um, bear tries to eat teenager in Colorado. Did you see this story by any I chance? I heard this story on um, TV or watched it, I guess, on TV. Um, for those of you who don't know, a teenage boy at a Colorado camp, and it was actually a religious camp, I believe, uh, fought off a bear when he woke up uh, to find the bear biting his head and trying to drag him away. Uh According to Colorado Parks and wait, Wildlife. Wait, biting his head? Yeah, like his actual Dragging skull. him away by the head? Yeah, by the head. By the head. So uh, is he fighting. sleeping? You think he's sleeping with his head right by the front of the the opening of the of the tent? You know, they have at no point have they mentioned. Because otherwise, the bear-, a bear got like inside the tent and went all yeah. the way to the edge. I mean, yeah, first of I don't all, get- rule number one, I, you know, as a longtime outdoorsman, oh, rule yeah, number yeah. one is you never sleep with your head right by the opening of the tent. Never. Because so you bears can-, can go in there and, and you know, try to pull you out by your hair. See, and that's why I wouldn't have trouble. I have no hair. Right. And no intention of ever going camping. <laughs> going camping. Uh, so they only describe this kid as Dylan. I don't know. Maybe Dylan didn't want his last name to be um, identified. So he's camping at this religious camp. He's 19 years old. He's teaching a survival class, which is actually good because he did survive. Uh, and he, he was awoken at about four o'clock in the morning to a crunching sound. And that crunching sound was, was the bear's teeth digging into his skull. Oh, my God. Uh, so, so the boy punched and hit the bear and poked him in the eye. So we're basically talking Three Stooges, right? Well, it also, I mean, he's clearly qualified to teach the survival class. Absolutely. Right, right. So he pokes the bear in the eye, and other people that he was sleeping with in the tent evidently awoke and started yelling and throwing sticks <laughs> and stuff at the not bear. To sleep with your head <laughs> by the front of the, of the tent. Well, that is a good point and in no way how did the bear get into the tent maybe there was no tent maybe they were just sleeping under the stars or something i don't know that did not okay that hasn't come up so i tried to so basically the bear comes in grabs his skull with his teeth starts dragging him away he wakes up everybody shoes the bear away and everything is fine so i called the Rocky Mountain Conference of the Seven-Day Adventists that was housing this. um, Did you really? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, Because I wanted to talk to Dylan. There was no last name, so I couldn't friend him on Facebook uh, because I wanted to talk to him and see if I could maybe get him on the podcast. And they said, no, Dylan isn't taking any interviews. I'm like, okay, I understand. It's wrong because I see him on all these, you know, blogs and whatever. Yeah, sure. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's had enough. Then last night, um, after I was obsessing on CNN about the new uh, new Russia stuff, yeah. uh, this guy comes on and Don Lemon interviews him. So I totally got lied to by the Seventh Day Adventists that yeah. obviously Dylan was doing interviews, but no media bias. Yeah. Exactly. Media bi- so so um, you know, you know. Uh, this bear story, you know what it reminds me of, Dave? Mm. Oh, our when we were wrestling, when we wrestled bears? Yes, that's right. <laughs> when Dave and I 
did our show in Champaign, uh, we we uh, applied for jobs as a morning team uh, around the country. And one of the things that I mentioned in our cover letter was that we were willing to wrestle bears. <laughs> um, who wrote that cover letter? I don't believe. Are you sure you didn't say Dave is willing to wrestle bears? I might have said that. <laughs> yes, but I had no idea that. I mean, it, to me, doesn't that sound like something that, you know, a radio duo could do? Of wrestle course. Bears? I, of course. I, of course, great. Uh, uh, but nobody yeah, ever said to us, hey, I don't believe you. I don't think you could really wrestle bears. And we did get a job offer. We had a couple, didn't yeah, we? In West, yeah, in couple. San Bernardino, California, and um, West Lafayette, Indiana, right? That's right. That's now, right. How, would, how would have our lives changed if we would have taken the radio gig? I think after about three years. We would have hated each other. Yeah, and maybe even less than that. Because at that time, you were really phoning it in. <laughs> not like I am now. No. That, not, that's I about mean, a show pro. Today, you called the guy. That's, that <laughs> is one step. That's way beyond anything I've prepared for today's show. Well, and I've also prepared a bear quiz. Oh, in honor, yes. In honor of the bear. So do we have a jingle? We have a, we we, have a quiz we jingle. Do we do have a quiz jingle. Hang on. Here it goes. Time now for a Minutia Man. Minutia Man. Minutia Quiz. Okay. Lay it on me. Well, who's your favorite bear? And I'm not talking about football bear. Who's your favorite bear? Yogi. Uh, okay. I got you a Yogi Bear <laughs> Quiz right here. All right. All right. On the same hey, wavelength there. Look out. Here uh, comes a ranger. In what popular children's show was Yogi Bear featured as a villain? Okay. Scooby-Doo, Inspector Gadget, Josie and the Pussycats, or Grizzly Adams Mollapalooza? Wow. Uh, I'm going to say Inspector Gadget. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, it wasn't Grizzly Adams Mollapalooza because I just made that one up. Well, I, I knew that. Uh, it was Scooby-Doo. Really? Yeah, Scooby-Doo. Um, Yogi was featured as a villain in an episode of Scooby-Doo. Um, okay, another question. Dan Aykroyd's decision to star in the Yogi Bear movie was, A, <laughs> the worst decision he's ever made. B, made John Belushi spin out of his grave. I hope there's an all or, of the above coming. <laughs> or C, easy. Uh, it was easy because Ray Liotta had already declined the part. <laughs> I'm going to say A and B on that Very one. Very good. Very good. Um, and here's a, a little final question. How did Yogi Berra get his nickname? Do you see what I just did there? I went from – I, I kind of I, – I went on a tangent there. Did you see right. that? Because you uh, really only had one legitimate Yogi Bear question. <laughs> right. There's not, there's not a lot of Yogi Bear trivia available yeah. on the internet. Okay. Uh, how did Yogi Berra get his nickname? A. I don't know. Okay. Go ahead. A, while playing in American Legion baseball, he received his famous nickname from his friend Jack McGuire, who said that he resembled a Hindu yogi whenever he sat around with arms and legs crossed, waiting to bat, or while looking sad after a losing game. Okay. Red Sox slugger Ken Harrelson coined the nickname after he saw Lawrence Peter Barra. 
which is Yogi Berra's real name, uh, steal the picnic basket of Josh Boo Boo McGathity. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, and C, while doing play-by-play with the legendary Mel Allen, Russ Hodges remarked that Barra's catching style resembled that, resembled that of a yogi master. Uh, <clears throat> wow. I'm going to go with C. Uh, no, it was A, that okay. uh, Jack McGuire said that he resembled a Hindu yogi before he was waiting to bat when he crossed his legs. So there you go. All right. right. Okay, well, thank you very much for that quiz and the extra preparation work required to bring it to us today. Um, I have some minutia for you. Uh, This this week, actually this month, is the 10th anniversary of my first novel, Severance. I'm sure people are celebrating around the country, holding severance parties and what have you. Mm-hmm. There's a festival in Idaho, I believe. Yes. Now, this, so this is what this is the reason I bring this up because in my book, in in Severance, there's a uh, it, which is all about the broadcasting business, and there's a story about the media moguls getting together for a secret meeting every year and pretend you know, and discussing you know, what they want to do with the media, which sounds mm-hmm. like a big giant conspiracy theory, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and, and people who read the book just thought it was ridiculous that I would that, that I would create some place where they would all come together like this. But it actually happens every year, mm-hmm. and it has been happening every year since 1983. Um, and it's happening this week. At the Sun Valley Resort, this week of the 10th anniversary of Severance. They must have decided to do it for that reason. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, it's at Sun Valley. And, and the reason that this this thing bugs me every year, and it does bug me every year, is because, A, people didn't believe me that it really happened. <laughs> yeah. But, B, because this is an event that is shrouded in secrecy. There's tight security, tight lips. No one ever discusses anything that happens at this event invitations are beyond exclusive members of the press and public have only restricted access to the resort this is a big deal and according to variety magazine this is who is sitting in one room this year all right discussing what to do with the media going forward rupert murdoch love that guy yeah okay netflix chief creative officer ted sarandos okay oprah Oh, okay. The CEO of Sony, Kaz Harai. Uh, the CBS uh, CEO, Les Moonves. The Time Warner CEO, Jeff Bukes. Uh, so now we, you know, we got Rupert Murdoch and Jeff Bukes. Those are guys uh-huh. that run CNN and Fox News. Uh, you got the Facebook CEO, Mark Zuckerberg. You got the Viacom C- CEO, Bob Bakish. Spotify CEO Daniel Eck, you got your PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel, and your technology inventor Elon Musk. And Eckhart's Press Rick Kempfer. Yeah, no, I'd love to be there. I really would. I would <laughs> oh, love sure. to be there. Oh, yeah. Because I, uh, I I just want to hear what they're talking about. I mean, I am not a conspiracy theory guy, but what in the world are these people doing in a room together, and what are they talking about? that no one can know about uh 
Well, I, 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 everything relates to paper, Rick. Okay. So let me tell you a paper story, which is kind of similar to this. Every year there is a paper convention in New York. It's called Paper Week. <laughs> um, well, you know, you've been there, right? <laughs> Who isn't? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's it, we're all the paper moguls. And when I'm talking paper, not the newspapers, but I'm talking about people that sell paper, all the, you know, from international paper, Unisource or whatever, they'd all get together and they would just get hammered in like these suites. Yeah. I mean, absolutely just, you know, they, I, there may have even been hookers, Rick, paper hookers. I don't know. Oprah is it this one. (laughs) Oprah is there. Okay. But what I was going to say, and this is why it relates, is after these meetings, about three weeks later, later, all the paper companies would always raise their price at yeah. the exact same time. Yeah. You know, so coincidence? Don't think so. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I think that you're right. It's so very think right now at this moment, uh, Rupert Murdoch is ordering a round of shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and say, hey, yeah. where's Roger Ailes? Why isn't he here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Les, you want uh, Jägermeister? <laughs> what are you you're done right. for Jaeger? Yeah, right. They're doing shots on you know on Oprah's back right now. Um, All right. Well, well, that's I just wanted to point it out. I'm not a conspiracy nut, um, but if I ever become one, this is the first one that's gonna make. This is what's gonna make me one. um, All right. So you have minutia for us. Yeah, fire up a Jenkins, please. Okay. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins. With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! So, by the way, did you get my Jenkins picture that I sent you? The, the Diet yeah, Coke? Yeah, of the Diet Coke. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, how do you say Jenkins in Chinese? Do you know? <laughs> I'm not going to Be careful. I'm not going to Be careful. Well, however you think that... Um, this comes out of Shenzhen, China, an umbrella sharing company. Okay, just think about that. An umbrella sharing company in China has lost most of its 300,000 umbrellas just weeks after launching the rental scheme. Um, basically, what this company did, uh, uh, sharing e-umbrella founder Zhou Shuping, basically what they did is they had this sharing program, an app, that if you didn't have an umbrella, you can go somewhere and get an umbrella, so you didn't have to buy an umbrella. And like, you'd uh, share like they an umbrella. do, you know, like like with cars and uh, and bikes yeah, and stuff. Right, Air, it's the Airbnb for umbrellas, basically. Yeah. Right, you're sharing. Um, but so they launched it in April with 10 million won. Uh, it cost 10 million won to launches, which is about two million bucks. Um, and they bought all these umbrellas and they dis- <laughs> distributed them through Shanghai and. Another city that I cannot hey, uh, pronounce. I, hey, uh, Joe, I, I got an umbrella guy. I got a guy. <laughs> right, How many right. you need? Yeah. So they did this and everybody was using it. It was like actually doing very well. I mean, I've been in situations where I've been walking down the street and like, ah, oh, crap, it's raining. I don't have an umbrella. If I hit on the phone, go to this guy. Um, well, the problem is, is they, they didn't they didn't discuss in this app what you do with the umbrellas after you share them. <laughs> Oh, it's oh. like, what do you do with them? So all these umbrellas are getting lifted, and no one knows where they are. Um, oh so my that God. Jenkins. So yeah, so Jenkins created this app without any way to figure out how to get it back. Now this spurred some of my creative juices, Uh-oh. Rick. As you know, I'm an idea guy, yes. and I believe yes, you are. I, I I believe there's 
I don't know, seven or eight million dollars worth of there's like five or six million dollar ideas here that I'm going to show you all, you know, at, all at one time. You're going to you're going to give them everything at once. Yeah. yeah you're not yeah, going to string this out and give us, you know, the next five episodes. Give us no, a million dollar idea I'll, each episode. No, I'm, I'm total Ginzu knifing it. Right okay. Here. All right. Go ahead. And that's not all. All right. So wait, wait. All these- first cut through the metal. Now cut through the tomato. <laughs> okay, right right the aluminum can yeah. and then the, and then the paper okay. very good and you have to be a certain age to have gotten that joke <laughs> um all right so let's say i mean and you know there's all these sharing sites now like you said like you mentioned there's the the ride sharing site and then there's the you know house sharing and there's job sharing right, right. And none of well, those things about, fit into your purse like an umbrella does but no on, yeah. but um let's say that you um want to get high okay i'll try to imagine this okay okay and you don't have any marijuana what about an app that you could get on that's like okay who's getting high right now all right (laughs) think about it i'm like okay you know i'd like to get high and then we can call it duber what do you think about that (laughs) okay all right i think it already exists in amsterdam (laughs) It's, all, it's called college. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's say you your great aunt dies. Okay. Oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> no. And you are, don't have nice shoes. Uh-huh. Right? And, like, you don't want to buy a nice pair of dress shoes for a one-off. Yeah, a not funeral. for this aunt. I mean, you know. No, exactly. Right. She was a bitch anyway. Right. So you go to an – so I'm going to create an app, and it's going to be called Schuber. Okay. okay. All right. You don't like that one? I'm waiting for the million dollar idea. (laughs) Okay. All right. What if you're Jewish? Okay. Okay. And let's say another. I'm already telling you I don't like this one. (laughs) Okay. So another great aunt dies. Great. Your great aunt Sadie Silverstein in Boca Raton dies. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's just say she does. And you got to go to the funeral. All right. Mm -hmm. But your date. But but you know your, your you know your mom's going to be there and your dad's going to be there and your grandmother's going to be there and whatever and they know you're not dating. Oh, I see where you're right? going. Yeah, right. So, so you have to bring a you know you want to bring a nice girl to yeah. the right. And so not you go some on, shiksa. No, absolutely. So you go on Juber. Very good. Very. That's uh-huh. basically the plot of about fourteen or fifteen different movies I've seen. But go ahead. All right. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Right, yeah. It? Yeah. Uh, Mom, this is my boyfriend, Owen Wilson. <laughs> I really, I never heard of these th- these yeah. movies before. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about a colonoscopy sharing. I couldn't think of a wacky name though, <laughs> okay. because I had a, you know, I would love to have somebody go, hey, take my colonoscopy for. Yeah, me. I'd right? like that. Somebody can please yeah. do that for me. Um, also, high school reunion share. Let's okay. say you have, your, you have your high school reunion and you don't want to go, but you want everybody to think that you're got a full head of hair and lost right. 20 pounds, you know, whatever. That's a, I don't, what would we call that? I don't know. I couldn't think of a name there. All right. Uh, and uh, I got, I got a great name, but I don't know what it would apply to. Boober. Would that be a bra sharing business? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. All right. Those, uh, you know what? Those I'm not, are all I'm free. Not, <laughs> I, you don't think they're worth a million dollars, do you? Um, I think Boober. I think Boober could be. Boober. I think Boober could be. I mean, if like Pornhub.com gets a hold of it. All right. Well, I'm going to have to 
I'm going to have to go on GoDaddy. Yeah, and tra- you got to trademark that sucker. All right. All right. All right. Hey, Dave, while I got you here, um, why don't you tell people how they can subscribe to this uh, this bevy of million-dollar ideas that we throw out every week? Uh, you could go. You know, there's a lot of ways, Rick. You can go on RadioMisfits.com, and you can download the episode there if you'd like. Sure. Uh, you, you can also go on iTunes. We are on iTunes. I think we have 70 reviews on iTunes. Okay. So at least 70 people have listened to the show. That's great. Um, and if you do listen, please go on and uh, leave us a review. That would be fantastic. Uh, Subscribe slash like slash rate. Right. Exactly. And you could do that on iTunes. You could do that on Stitcher. Um, you could do that on Google Play. All right. Uh and uh, there's just lots of ways. You know what? Just email me, and I will just I'll tape it for you and send a cassette. Okay. Wow, a cassette. Yep. Fantastic. Right. Okay. So there's your promise, everyone. It's time for our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. So, Dave, I've been uh, spending this uh, Cubs year watching reruns of last year. <laughs> Uh, it's really making me feel a little bit better because uh, I got to tell you, I did not see this coming. <laughs> oh, my God. They started to suck quick, didn't they? Hey, I was at the game on Friday. It was like 11 to 2. It was it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And then uh, Sunday, didn't Lester, was it Lester or Lackey? Which one yeah, gave it was up 10 Lester. runs? In the- 10 runs in the first inning. And yeah. let me double, double whammy that one for you because John Lester's on my fantasy team. Oof. Yeah, I know. So he's dead to me right now. So and, what yeah. is what is wrong? Are they just all underperforming, or was it a fluke last year, or what? What? It's what is? not important, Dave. We're, this is just one bad century. This is about cub geekiness. We're going to go okay. back to uh, something that happened in the past, a warmer, fuzzier memory. We're going to go back to the 1990 All Star Game, which is the last All Star Game that took place in the city of Chicago. Uh, by the time this this uh, airs, there will have been an all-star game this year featuring uh, one cub. <laughs> um, but anyway, in 1990, the all-star game was played at Wrigley. And, and I don't know if people remember it. They probably don't because that was 27 years 27 ago. 27 years ago. Uh, but I remember it well. It was a very wet, rainy night. But listen to some of the people that played in that game, all right? If you watched 1990, you would have seen Ricky Henderson, Wade Boggs, Kirby Puckett, Dennis Eckersley, Cal Ripken Jr., Ken Griffey Jr., uh, future Hall of Famers like Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson, Ozzie Smith, Roberto Alomar, Tony Gwynn, and uh, Shawan Dunstan was also on that team. Not a Hall of Famer. Uh, the Cubs did not do well. Uh, Rhino was 0 for 3. Andre Dawson was 0 for 2. Sean Dunstan was 0 for 2. Um, and the the All-Star Game MVP was Julio Franco, who knocked in the winning run for the American League. It was a 2-1 to game, like one of the, one of the lowest-scoring All-Star Games ever. Didn't Julio, Julio Franco just retired like five years ago? Yeah, he was like 57 he? when he retired. <laughs> uh, Dennis Eckersley got the save. The American League won that year. So if anyone asks you, hey, what happened the last time the All-Star game was in Chicago? You now have that minutia in your head. So the Cubs had three starters or three players on that team? Yeah, yeah. So they were pretty he, good back in those days. They were coming off a, a, a division championship in 1990. Remember, they won it in 89. 89. Right. That's when they got 
That's All when right. they lost. It's time to go on to our next sex segment, which Giants. is, yes, our final segment of the show. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, this is a part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar. And there's a whole bunch of celebrity names in there. He just picks one out, and I have to tell the story of having met or encountered this celebrity. Um, this is either a celebrity or a guy I went to Hebrew school with. <laughs> Bob Feldman. I don't know. Who the hell is Bob Feldman? <laughs> I threw that one in there just to throw you off. Uh, <laughs> who the hell is Bob, Bob Feldman? Bob Feldman was a famous songwriter, believe it or not. Uh, from the 1960s, he wrote uh, the song uh, "My Boyfriend's Back." Remember that one? Uh, 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 yep, yep, yeah, right. okay. that's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why we had him on John Landecker show was not because of that. It was something that he did, which I, you are going to absolutely love this story about Bob Feldman. Bob Feldman was also in a band called the Strange Loves, and they did the song "I Want Candy." You know that song. Okay. Sure. Famous, famous song. Anyway, at the time that that song came out, he was pretending to be an Australian. <laughs> I love Bob Feldman. So he would just walk around in an accent. You got to listen. You got to listen to the story. All right. So all right. in 1965, when that when that came out, um, he had been a successful songwriter with a couple of other songwriting buddies in, you know, New York. And suddenly the Beatles show up in 64, right? Yeah, There's yeah. the British invasion and every every hit that is on the air is done by somebody with some British accent. Yeah, sure, sure. And he knew he couldn't pull off being a, uh, a Brit, uh, but he figured that no one's going to check if he says he's from Australia. <laughs> and so they made up this band, the, the Strange Loves, and they made up a backstory. And they pretended their names were Giles, Miles, and Niles. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> they, they said they were from an Australian sheep farm. And if I remember right, they, uh, they, they, they came up with some convoluted story about how they invented some sheep shearing technique and that allowed them to be you know independently wealthy so they didn't have to stay on their farm anymore in Australia and so they moved to the to the United States and they would appear on stuff like American Bandstand speaking in fake accents oh my god and perform Bob. and they had and they were good songwriters they had already proven to be good songwriters they you know they, I want candy was a top 10 hit yeah yeah and then, but then they, you know, they went out of style, and you know nobody liked them after after that. But so that they only had that one hit, and and they people lost interest in them, even with that great backstory, even with the names of Giles, Miles, and Niles, they still managed to somehow lose it, lose interest, right? The <laughs> like whole country lost interest in them, and many years later, this story came out, and it, and. It was in, I think, People Magazine, and I read it. I'm like, I got to talk to this guy. Right, sure. And so we got Bob Feldman on uh, Landecker Show, and he told us this whole story. But the funniest thing was he had this thick Brooklyn accent, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Bob Feldman, and he had been going around for 30 years pretending to be Australian. 
so he would do the accent and stuff yes I mean, yes i mean i think at some point after the strange loves went out of business he stopped doing it you know yeah. didn't care anymore and he later wrote i uh, hang on sloopy he wrote i mean he wrote a bunch of big time songs that's my dog Ivy, Ivy oh, hey, yeah, uh, how you doing? Ivy? Because you said Sloopy, and he and he thought, or she thought, you said Snoopy. Could be, yeah, could be. But anyway, that is that is the uh, Bob Feldman story. So you may not have heard of Bob Feldman, but you got to admit that's a pretty damn good story. That's a great story. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing. To find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at uh, EckhartsPress.com, uh, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to meet us in person, we will be out with Bobby Scafish this week, this weekend, um, at the Chicagoland Record Collector Show, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is at the Best Western Hotel in Hillside. It's It's right off off of 290, right? That's that expressway, right? 4400 Frontage Road. Like, right when you get off the exit, you can't can't miss it. It's Mm -hmm. actually, it's quite easy to miss (laughs) because it's right off the Frontage Road. Yeah, I've missed it twice now. We've been there twice. And I'm hoping not to miss it again. But anyway, we'll be there from 845 until, do we have an end time? Huh? 1130, 12, I think, something like that. I don't know. Okay. And Bobby will be selling his book, uh... Which is a uh, Eckhart's Press phenomenon. It's an excellent book. Mm-hmm. And he'll also be uh, giving away or, or selling some of his records, too. Isn't that right? Or at least bringing them. I always bring extra cash because I like to I like to buy records. And there's a um, million of them there. You know how we talked about my Who album two weeks ago or three weeks ago on one yeah. of the podcasts? You know, I have a Who album that is signed by all four of them. Right. Uh, you know, Daltrey, yeah, Whistle, Townsend. And it's like a very rare one because Keith Moon signed it and right before he died. Right, 18, 18 days before he died. Yeah. Well, it appears, Rick, yeah. there's some question if this is real. Huh, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> right. The guy who sold it to me promised it was real. You know, when you uh, told me what you bought it for on, on eBay, I'm like, okay, my buddy Dave just got suckered. It wasn't eBay. It was, I think it was Craigslist. Yeah, whatever. So I mean, difference. come on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so kids that you might be listening, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a, that's a shame. So you okay. had visions of selling that for like 30 grand. I know you did. 18. I, I was thinking 18. Okay. Uh, but um, so sorry to hear that. No, yeah. I, when I go to the record collector shows, I'm looking for like, a, you know, an eight dollar Jackson Brown album or something like that. That's really that's what I'm looking for. Uh, special thanks to uh, the people that put this show on executive producer Tony Lasana with Opi Productions. We are distributed by Ed Silla, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They both do a tremendously excellent job. And we will be back next year. Next year? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got another vacation, do you? <laughs> Uh, next week we'll be back next week with another episode of Manusha Man are you sure you hit record (laughs) the proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network find our other great shows on iTunes and at radiomisfits.com thank you This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? 